Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I am so happy you're joining me here today. Well, we have a great show for you with mom of many, Amy Roberts, coming up in just a few minutes. But before we get on with the show, I just wanted to let you know we're kind of wrapping up the season here at the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. We're heading into our summer hiatus. We've got one more episode after this one for season three. And as we do that, we're looking forward to next season. So anytime you're hearing this particular episode of the podcast, if you have a suggestion for someone you would like to hear on a future episode, I am inviting you to just send it along to us. You can email those to mary at edsnapshots.com. Mary will get those requests and she will check them over and we will see what we can do to find either the person you're looking for, a specific person, or if we can find someone to address a topic that you would like for us to address on the podcast. So go ahead and be sure to send along your requests to mary at edsnapshots.com and put in the subject line, homeschool snapshots guest. And we'll get on with our interview right after this word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Plan Your Year. Now, Plan Your Year is a homeschool planning kit. It includes printable planning pages, plus a guide that will help you create a unique homeschool plan that fits your unique family. Now, this guide was created by me, yours truly, and the purpose behind the kit was to walk you through step-by-step how to create a vision for your homeschool, goals for each of your students, and a plan you could use that will be tailored to your needs. Now, this works with any homeschool curriculum, or any homeschool method that you choose to use. The planning kit also comes with printable planning forms that you can use in your homeschool binder. You can also type in these forms, save them, and then open them up again and edit them later. So handwritten or typed, whichever way makes you happiest, you can do both. And the forms are updated year after year. So your one-time purchase buys you lifetime access to updated planning forms. I would love for you to go check it out. You can find it at planyouryear.net. You can also go to the show notes for this episode to get access to a free printable planning pack that we'll have for you there. Some of the forms in there so you can try them out and see how helpful they are. So planyouryear.net, I would love to help you plan a homeschool year that is as unique as your family. And now, on with the episode. Amy Roberts is a mom of many who knows a thing or two about running a household. At her blog, Raising Arrows, she writes about large family living, homeschooling, homemaking, and so much more. A source of encouragement to many, Amy is also the author of several books, including Large Family Homeschooling, The Homemaker's Guide to Creating the Perfect Schedule, Homeschooling with Purpose, and 10 Days to a Peaceful Home. Amy, welcome to the program. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, could you start by telling me a little bit about your family? Certainly. I have been married for 19 years to my high school sweetheart, Ty. 
And we have nine children, eight living children. We lost a daughter about seven years ago to a congenital defect that we didn't know about until she was about five months old. Mm -hmm. And through various surgeries and such, she ended up passing away. We have a 17-year-old who's almost 18. He is a senior this year, all the way down to a little one-year-old girl and all sorts in between. And we are currently homeschooling six of them. Well, tell me how you got started homeschooling. My son, my oldest, was getting ready for kindergarten. And in my mind, I had always thought I would put him on the bus and I would have cookies and milk waiting for him when he came home and it was going to be perfect. And when my husband deployed, I just couldn't bear the thought of sending him off away from me because his dad was gone and now he was going to be having to leave me and they had just gone to all day kindergarten. And I was devastated. I just couldn't do that to him. So I had some friends who homeschooled and I thought, you know what, I think I can do this and I'm going to bring him home. I'm going to teach him how to read. And for me at that time, a lot of it was relationships and it was academics. I really was convinced that I could do a better job academically. Mm -hmm. And so we just had him stay home and he excelled and thrived and he was a very vigorous, energetic little boy. And he did great in that environment. And for me, then it became a real vision and a passion. And I just enjoyed it immensely. And I still continue to enjoy it to this day. Well, when you first made that decision and you were thinking, okay, you know, my husband's deployed, they've just gone to all day kindergarten, I can't send this little guy away. Was this something you were going to do for a year? How long did it take you to realize this was not just a temporary thing for you guys? I had no foresight whatsoever. (laughs) I was really just like going to live year by year, I think. I don't remember thinking I was going to continue this forever. But as I dug deeper into the homeschooling world, it just, it made sense to me. And I saw where I could really tailor make a curriculum and an entire learning environment for each of my individual children. And I loved that idea because my kids are also different. And I loved the idea of not pigeonholing them and letting them be exactly who they were. Yeah, I love that too. Well, Amy, your homeschool day, I'm going to start you with a multiple choice question. Your homeschool day is most like which literary classic? Would it be A, The Odyssey? B, Little Women, C, Swiss Family Robinson, or D, Lord of the Flies? Boy, it's a toss-up between Odyssey and Swiss Family Robinson. (laughs) It's definitely a journey, and sometimes I feel a little lost, but I think Swiss Family Robinson probably fits us the closest because we're all doing so many different things, and not that we're on an island, (laughs) you Um, you know, completely doing our own thing, but... When I think Swiss Family Robinson, I really think innovative Mm -hmm. and I think very, again, honoring to who the children were. And I just, I love that. And that notion of just that playing and that freedom to be, you know, who they are and to grow and learn in an environment that just fosters that. So I would say Swiss Family Robinson. Good choice. Well, Amy, if you were walking down the aisle of a homeschool convention vendor hall and you were to turn the corner and run into a younger version of yourself, what would you tell her? I would tell her to slow down. I would just tell her to savor it, savor it as long as she can. I am shocked when I look at my six foot four, 17 year old son and realize that it went so fast, Pam. And I miss it terribly. I miss 
the younger version of him. And I think I would just tell myself to slow down. It's going to be okay. And there's going to be bumps in the road and you're going to make it through. Yeah. I like the slow down part <laughs> because sometimes it feels like you get so lost in the day and what you're doing and you turn around and another day has just gone by and another month and another yeah. year. And it's hard when yeah. you're kind of in the muddle of it all. Right. And you kind of sometimes feel like the day is never going to end. <laughs> well, that's <Like> true. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a lot of littles, it's like, oh, is this day ever going to end? Is it ever bedtime? And then it seems like you walk in and they're all asleep and you breathe in that quiet and you see, you know, their little eyes are closed and they're resting and it just refreshes you all over again. And I would tell myself to try to breathe in the moments before they're asleep too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, if you were going to be stranded on a deserted island, what three things would you take with you to homeschool? Oh, do I get Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> you would be amazed at how often I get that question. <laughs> no Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, because, oh, no. Because I was thinking, I use, like, I use the internet all the time for homeschool, and I just you know, pull images up to show the kids. Oh, that's the beauty of being connected the way we are, is that I can show my children a photo you know, across the world that I can't otherwise. But I would definitely take my Bible, my well-worn leather-bound Bible that I just love it so much. And I would want my children to have the opportunity to learn about Christ just by reading and seeing Him in the pages from the Old Testament all the way to Revelation. I would definitely have to have pen and paper, too. I'm just a pen and paper kind of gal, so I would need that. And I maybe could get by with that. There you go. Stick in the sand. It's all we need. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it sure is nice to have the YouTube and the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, Amy, what homeschool book has most influenced you as a homeschooler? Homeschool book specific? Sure. I think Upgrade by Kevin Swanson is one that really sticks out in my mind as being something where it really made me rethink why we were homeschooling and what my end result is and what I'm working toward and how to get there. There's a quote in the book about public school often being like taking 12 years of bike and never getting on one. Mm. And that has really stuck with me that I don't want my children to take 12 years of some subject and never actually touch that subject. That's an awesome quote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just still mulling that one over in my head. Wow. <laughs> 12 years of bike and never getting on one. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. I've not heard of that one before. So I'm going to have to look that one up. Well, yeah. are you a planner or do you fly by the seat of your pants? Oh, <laughs> being a large family mom, there is always going to be some level of organization that has to be maintained. But I will be honest, we are a very spontaneous family. And when I plan. It is not a traditional planner. It's not very far in advance. I'm probably more what you'd call like a journaler. I will do the lessons and then write down what we've done. And I'm often surprised at how much we actually accomplish just by writing down the things that we've done in the day. I do plan about a week ahead for, and we use Tapestry of Grace as our main history curriculum and our kind of the spine of our homeschool. And I will plan that a week in advance. But everything else is very, we do this, and then we do this, and then we do this. It's more of that routine rather than that schedule. And I think you talk about looping, correct? Mm-hmm. That we do a lot of that, where it is, you know, this and this and this. And 
I don't get lost because I know what's next. And so that's more what my planning looks like. Yeah. And so Tapestry of Grace is kind of how you do your long range planning, the scope of all the years and the four-year cycle and the one thing following the next is laid out for you by that curriculum that you use. And so then you really only have to worry about kind of the day in and day out stuff. Yes, I know where I'm headed. Yeah, and that's the beauty of a curriculum like that is you don't have to figure it out. So fill in the blank for me. If my grown child blank, I will have succeeded as a homeschooling mom. If my grown child loves to learn and loves the Lord, I know that I can't force my faith upon my children but I can point them in that direction. And I also want to always be pointing them toward the love of learning and the desire to learn, to realize that pretty much anything they need to know, they can seek it out. I want them to know what it's like to hunger and thirst and to seek. What is your favorite family read aloud that you guys have done together? Oh, it has to be the Little House on the Prairie book. (laughs) I still have memories of a couple of years ago, it was a terrible winter here, and we happened to be reading, oh, now it's slipping my mind. The, the, the long, long winter. <laughs> yes. And the, the wind is howling in the background in our own home. And it was, those books have just had so many special memories with them. We finished through the entire series probably about a year ago, and it was a wonderful time for our family. Now, do you read those with your older kids as well? I do. Yes. We all sit together in in the parlor or the living room, you know, and we read through them. Yeah, we are currently reading Little Women. And yeah, they come and sit. They have always enjoyed being read to, you know, and they even at 17. They still do. (laughs) Yes. Jennifer McIntosh from Wildflowers and Marbles. I had had a conversation with her earlier this fall, and she was telling me about how her teen boys, she still reads Little House to, well, she's got one to him. And there's so much fodder in that book for deep discussion beyond just the Mm -hmm. level that a five or six year old can understand. And so that's why she thinks it's, you know, it's really a living book because there's so much you can talk about at any age. So yeah, absolutely. I find that neat that you're reading it with your teens as well. Talk to me about your biggest challenge as a homeschooler. Mm, Probably my biggest challenge is me. (laughs) I get in my own way. It is very easy as a homeschool mother to hear of a new method or read a new book or read a different blog or something like that. And I think, oh, I need to do that. A good homeschool mom does that. And rather than looking to what the Lord has for my homeschool and looking at our family dynamic, I take somebody else's family dynamic and somebody else's path and I try to make it my own. And every single time I do that, it's terrible. It's an awful thing and I have to turn around and start back over. But I think really my challenge is me. Yeah, reining that in. I know that well. (laughs) (laughs) Did it take you a number of years to come to that realization? And do you have a better handle on it now than what you used to? I do. Yeah, yeah, I do have a better handle on it. One of the best pieces of advice a homeschool mom ever gave me was that the first three years were going to be kind of fraught with going back and forth and not sure what I was doing and that I would finally hit my groove. It gave me permission to kind of be wishy-washy for a while. And Mm -hmm. I appreciated that because I needed to know that that was going to happen. And so, yeah, and it still sometimes happens to me, but it's 
much quicker for me to stop myself and go, you know what, that is not our family dynamic. I can't go that direction. Like recently, you know, with the new year, planners are all the rage. Everybody's getting a new planner. And I think planners are beautiful. I love to look at them. I like to thumb through them and dream of being that kind of person, but I'm not. And this was the first year where I realized I'm just not that person and I'm not even going to look at a planner here. <laughs> and I've been doing this for 13 years. So yeah. it, it does take time and it's we're human and we do learn from each other. And I think that's wonderful and beautiful. But when we try to be someone else or we try to fit someone else's lifestyle into our lifestyle. It just doesn't work because we are all so unique. Yeah. And you know, I think that advice is spot on because I can think back to me starting out and that was exactly, it took me about three years and I've kind of felt, I've kind of had a little baggage and guilt over those years of kind of going back, you know, and the things that I did to my poor oldest and all of that. So having that (laughs) permission, (laughs) that's kind of a helpful thing. We did ancient Egypt studies for like three or four years because I kept changing curriculum and I always had to start at the beginning. And I, and I do, I sometimes think, oh, we would have gotten so much more done if I hadn't done that to my kids, but it, it's okay. It's all right. You know, he's 17. He's going to go to college. He's fine. And he's probably going to major in ancient Egypt. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, He knows everything there is to know about ancient Egypt. Well, Amy, let's talk a little bit about homeschooling with a large family. What are some of your best strategies for keeping toddlers safe and happy while you get school done? I try to keep them as close to me as possible. A lot of times the baby will be in the high chair. The toddler is right there with us. If that's not feasible, because sometimes my toddler is a little wild. He's sitting on my lap and he's climbing on me and he's climbing on the other kids and making a lot of noise. I thankfully have two older children who can take a break from their studies and, you know, wrestle with him for a while while I finish with the younger kids. I always start with the younger kids and work my way up. And one thing I decided to implement this year was to go ahead and start with the toddler and read to him. Before we ever get started with our school day, I take him into my bedroom and I sit in the chair that's in my bedroom and I read to him. Currently, we're reading Mother Goose and just sit there and spend some time with him and then let him go play. And if he needs to have a sibling with him, do that and then work my way out up the ages of the kids. Yeah. Giving that toddler some special time and filling his little cup, I think, is a big one. Yeah. What advice would you give to the mom who maybe has four kids and her oldest is seven or eight and she's trying to teach that oldest to read or do a little bit of math and she still has those toddlers running around? You know, we have this idea that school has to start at a certain time and it doesn't. There can be school done any time of the day. And if she could just look at her day and find that margin where the toddler is either taking a nap or daddy's home or there's something going on that maybe the toddler just naturally has some time where he's mellow. And that would be a great time to fit in that kind of intensive learning with another child. But honestly, it does not take that long to homeschool the younger years. And if you can get half an hour to an hour somewhere in there in your day, you are going to get everything done that you need to get done. And the rest of the time can be exploring and being outside and playing. And all of that are learning opportunities, especially if you're having conversations with your kids. Mm-hmm. But 
just having, you know, that focus time, find a time where the natural rhythm of your day slows down. And don't think that it's, you know, it's 9 o'clock in the morning, I have to do school now, but the toddler's climbing the wall. That's not a good time to do it. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, I'm nodding over here. You can't see me, but I'm nodding furiously. <laughs> going, it doesn't take that long and you don't have to start no. first thing. <laughs> so, well, with eight kids, how do you keep track of everybody's schedules? Because you just told me you don't use a planner. So how do you keep track of everybody? <laughs> well, first of all, we are a family. And so much of what we do is done as a family. There aren't a lot of separate schedules where I've got a child doing this and a child doing that and we're all over the place. That is more of a public school lifestyle and we just don't live that. I do have kids who have different things, especially the older ones. My daughter is fluent in ASL and so she spends a lot of time with the deaf community. And so I put those things on a Google calendar and I share it with my older kids. But my younger kids, we just don't have a lot going on with them that isn't already part of the family unit. So the Google Calendar works great because I share it with my two older kids and they can put things on it. I can put things on it. And it's on our phones and across all the devices. And and that's what we do. Okay, that's an excellent idea. As somebody who is a big Google Calendar fan, (laughs) I think that one's great. So... Well, what about housekeeping? Because I know this is a question that moms come up with a lot. And they say, you know, I feel like if I'm doing a really good job homeschooling my kids, then the house is kind of going to pot. And if I'm doing a really good job keeping up with the house, then I feel like my homeschooling (laughs) is suffering. So do you have any advice for balancing the two? Yes, I actually used to be one of those who believed that I felt like I couldn't do both. I was given some really great advice long ago, and I no longer do this because I have older kids, and I'll tell you what I do now, but it was to take my housekeeping and do it in snippets, in bite-sized pieces, and so Monday was dusting, Tuesday was floors, Wednesday was bedroom and bathroom, can't remember now what the the other ones were, but it was done before school started, and so that I kind of had that clean slate. We would do several tidies throughout the day just to get the eye clutter out of the way, but then my home, of course, was never clean all at one time, but it was clean, and I was getting that kind of housework done. The kids were helping with it. I had a, a whiteboard that I would write the kids who could actually help. I would write their names and then the chores that I needed them to do. And it was just taking that big chunk of cleaning and breaking it up into bite-sized pieces. And it really, really helped me at a time when I only had little kids. Now we do a one-day house cleaning on Fridays. And we do not do school on Friday. We school four days a week. Friday is our house cleaning. We get up in the morning and we blow through the house. And it is now all clean at one time. But I have older kids and it works now that way. But it definitely would not have worked back when I had only little kids. But even when you had little kids, it sounds like there was a shared labor there that you were giving them things that they could do. Absolutely. Even when I only had one or two kids, I gave them that was something that I was taught as a child. And so I wanted to instill that in them that you work hard, and you're a part of a family. And You know, there's certain responsibilities that come with being in a family. Right. 
Well, Amy, after you lost your daughter, you wrote quite a bit about dealing with the grief of that loss. What would you say to homeschooling moms who come up against a really tough time? And, you know, this may not be the loss of a child, but it might be the loss of a parent or some kind of chronic or, you know, bad sickness in the family or they're having to take care of another family member. What do you say to homeschool moms who are faced with something like that and they wonder if they can keep going with the homeschooling? You definitely can keep going, but it is going to look different from what your normal was. And part of that is bringing some things down to the lowest common denominator, like your cooking and your cleaning, buying the paper plates and being letting go of that guilt of, you know, I'm serving my kids the same meal three times a week. I'm not baking my own bread. I'm not doing cloth diapers, whatever. You know, let go of that guilt and allow yourself time to find that new normal. And taking off time, I will be honest, if there was a good year there where homeschooling was very hit and miss for us and they are still thriving children. And I've not seen where they actually were hurt by that at all. They were home with us. I was doing what I could when I could and they thrived in that environment. And so it's just allowing yourself to slow down, find a new normal, and not feel guilty about the changes you have had to make. Yeah, I like that, the new normal, because, you know, when you're faced with a huge situation like that, things are just not going to be the same. And so to expect them to, I think, is setting yourself up for some big disappointment. Yes, and you can't live your life looking backwards. You have to just move forward. That's some great advice. Well, Amy, there are a lot of misconceptions out there about big families and big family life. So do you have kind of any large family myths that you would like to get out in the open and bust them right now? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That we are somehow more patient is just not true. Um, I wasn't born with a ton of patience. I... (laughs) I'm still not an extremely patient person. It's a learning curve. It's an opportunity for me to grow. And I'm not extremely organized. But like I said, there has to be some level of organization when you have a large family. By default, I've had to be organized out of necessity. And it's things that I've learned. It's not something I was born with. I used to think, you know, well, large families, they you know, have wonderful pregnancies and that's why they have all these kids. And I don't have wonderful pregnancies. (laughs) I am just, I'm sick and I don't feel good, but I'm trying to be faithful in the path that the Lord has me on. And it is not always easy. And I think sometimes we assume when we look at someone's life from the outside, no matter what it is, large family or someone in the ministry or a missionary or something like that, we think, oh, well, they were just, they were already attuned to that. You know, that was something that was innate in them, and they just followed that. And that's not necessarily true at all. It is definitely a growing opportunity. And so when you see a large family, it's usually they are just like you. They just happen to have a lot more kids to manage. And they've learned how to adjust, just like you learned how to adjust with your particular circumstances. Yeah. It reminds me of God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. (laughs) Well, Amy, I've got a pop quiz for you. Are you ready? Oh, okay. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Coffee. A little bit country or a little bit rock and roll? A little bit rock and roll. Well-trained mine or Unschoolers Anonymous? Unschoolers Anonymous. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Craft or read aloud? Read aloud. Lap book or workbook? Oh, I want to be a lap book. 
but I think I'm more a workbook. <laughs> Co-op <laughs> or stay home? Stay home. Bed made or unmade? Oh, I'm sitting here looking right now at an unmade bed. Oh, bookmark or dog ear? <laughs> bookmark. Sonnet or haiku? <sighs> haiku. Those bed unmade people are usually haiku, and I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I do actually like to have my bed made, but for some reason it's not, and I couldn't lie to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amy, tell everybody where they can find you online. Okay. I am at RaisingArrows.net. I am a .net, not a .com. Uh, so RaisingArrows.net. You can also find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram and Pinterest. I am starting to build my YouTube channel. I'm really enjoying that. So there's videos. There's the um, What Large Family Homemaking and Homeschooling is Like. And you can find me on Twitter and Google Plus, some too. But mostly the Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram and YouTube. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was delightful. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. And there you have it. Episode 31 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. Now, if you would like links to anything that Amy and I spoke about today, either the books, resources, or website links, you can head on over to edsnapshots.com forward slash 31 and there you'll find the show notes with all of the information that you need there and for those of you who have taken the time to go out to itunes and leave a rating or a review for the homeschool snapshots podcast i just want to say thank you so much we really do appreciate this the ratings and reviews that you leave in itunes help us get the information out about the podcast to more people so i do appreciate you taking the time to do that if you'd like to leave a rating or review, you can find instructions on how to do exactly that in the show notes for this episode. You can find that again at edsnapshots.com forward slash 31. Now we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a very special homeschool interview with Jane Lambert of Five in a Row. I'm so excited to bring you this one. And until then, keep on homeschooling. Homeschooling.